Welcome on in. Enswell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at pearlhanmail.com. Welcome on in indeed. As always, privilege and pleasure is all mine to be in your ears for this episode. When in doubt, stick it out. Of course, we're talking in boxing parallels. In a week when fans welcome back live boxing, fanless arenas, and the bar is set for every level with Lopez versus Correa. Jesse Magdalena's future family plans may have to be put on hold. They may well be crushed following a DQ win over Yafiel Vincente. And Mr Hearn sets tongues wagging yet again in the sporting world with talk of fury and AJ. But what is really going on? And my very special guest, all the way from Vegas, only a few days after his NABF featherweight title fight, is none other than Adam Blue Nose Lopez. Everyone in there had a had a role, you know. He didn't have a bunch of people in there playing music, hanging out, cracking jokes. Like there was a handful of people, and they're all in there, and they all had a role, and they're all there to work. So, in a week when the world continues to emerge from COVID nineteen lockdown. When the wheels slowly begin to turn, slowly, 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 we emerge from under that blanket and shrouded in many questions, a lot more questions than answers right now in terms of where we're going and how we're going to get there. But as I said, Mr. Hearn got the tongues wagging in the sporting world of last week and it not just the sporting world. Somehow, I guess through lack of any real happening in this country and in the sporting world in general, People saw fit to venture from back page to front page with the boxing news. How about that? And it wasn't all bad either. But of course there has to be, when it comes to journalism and media coverage in this country of this sport, there had to be, there had to be that little bit of negativity that they thrive on. But listen, we're not going to go down that route. But as he set, the journalist pens are scribbling, and the rumour and gossip tongues wagging, the whingers and the moaners and the haters hating you had to just stop and think for a minute and consider what did he say what did he confirm did he confirm a date did he confirm a venue did he confirm a split did he confirm figures of any sort no no but it was still enough to get everybody talking not just the fans and it doesn't take much to get us fans talking in fairness because us boxing fans we like to torture ourselves we wish for fights even when we're getting the big fights we wish for bigger ones so now in times when we haven't had any we can only just salivate at the thought of this one nonetheless it got the Irish government moved enough to reach out across to Bahrain how many ask could they do that when they don't even have a government right now They've practically just about agreed for one. And I know it's not easy. It's not easy. It's last February. It's not that. How are they supposed to agree to sit down and talk to each other all the time and not more else? Nothing more. Just talk. How can they agree to do that? It's only been February, March, April, May, June. It's only been five months. Not long, is it? To say, yes, we're going to do what we were told by the people. Any old how. 
I have my tongue planted firmly in my cheek when I say all of that because I don't believe for a moment that Eddie Hearn, Mr. Warren, Mr. Fury or Mr. Joshua have anything really substance agreed. They know they will fight at some point in time, most likely. They know they probably have to fight at some point in time, most likely. But they also know, first, foremost, and all that really matters right now, is that AJ has to fight Pulev, and that Fury has to fight Wilder. After that, who knows what's going to happen. Now, Grandpa Bob Arum did go a little step farther to say that there was possibly a two-fight deal agreed, and that the first split had been agreed. Yeah, well, we guess it can't be any less than a 50-50 anyways. Common sense tells us that. But when he was asked about Dillian White, he was quite open and dismissive of Dillian. Now, I know Uncle Bob has a promotional genius streak that has done the best for the very best over the years. But here's my little issue with Bob's take and promoter's general attitude towards mandatories and those defences where they have no choice but to give the next in line an opportunity just like their sitting champions got at some point in time middle of the road fans casuals listen and repeat a lot of the sound bites and uh, treat them like it's gospel and they'll trot them out like Sky Sports News headlines as if it means something these same promoters cannot make the money that they need to make that they have to make that they crave without a champion And there is a trend right now of these same promoters forgetting that their champions were at one point in time contenders and possibly mandatory. Maybe not. And maybe some of those boxers who now are champions didn't always go the long route. Some of them, Eddie Hearn will know what I'm talking about, got a nice little handy voluntary defence. We can't say much about that. But what we do know is that every single champion at one point in time was a prospect. Every single champion at one point in time may well have been a journeyman. Without a shadow of a doubt, every champion was at some point a contender. Every one of them. So now I know Grandpa Bob can cause problems for the memory sometimes, but let's be really, really blunt and honest about it. Dillian White is the most worthy mandatory out there right now. Dodge him all you like, say what you like, dress it up what way you like. Not one of the champions have a five-fight record of Dillian White's. Before I jump into my conversation with Adam Lopez, let me just give a big shout-out and a thank you to my girl, boxing's greatest and hardest-working lady, Rachel Charles. As always... She's come up trumps with me, giving me access to a fella who has been in big demand by the world's sporting media. So thanks again to Rachel, all her crew at Sheer Sports Management. Really, really appreciate it. And as I sat down last Thursday night, wasn't sure what to expect. Tuesday night hadn't been the May West, but I quickly got engrossed in the Lopez versus Curry about the fight surrounding the atmosphere or the lack thereof, whatever way you want to look at it. Got me to thinking, may well be taking us fight fans little bit of time to get used to it may get a little bit of the fight aficionados raising eyebrows and saying oh it's not the same and yes it's going to take us time to adjust but it's very much the norm for fighters and here's how I was thinking when those lads travel to spar 
and prep for these big fights to entertain us and to earn their living. To help another fighter prep for their fights. The whole fight environment is quite similar to what they're used to. In fact, it's probably much the same as what we look at on the screen over the last two weeks. I want to congratulate Adam for proving to me and to anybody else who may well have doubted and wondered could fighting ever be the same without an audience. And I started off this interview by congratulating him and thanking him for entertaining us all and proving many of us wrong. Thank you, man. It was, it was a tough one, but we dug deep. We got it, we got it done. You surely did. It sets the bar for boxing behind closed doors, doesn't it? It, it shows how good fights can be. Yeah, I think Tuesday night, um, people were expecting a lot more and they didn't, they didn't get to see a good fight like that. And um, Thursday... They uh, We were the co-main event, but they wanted us to go first to start the show off right, and they knew it was going to be a tough one. You know, kid, the Louis trains with Robert Garcia. I got Buddy McGirt, you know, two great trainers, two great fighters, and we went out there and we put on a show. You really did. You really did. And uh, to be honest with you, I, the time difference here in Ireland is, is such that I, before now, uh, I would normally just set the alarm and I'd get up for the fights. But uh, this time around, I decided I was going to stay awake because I had seen so long since we had seen such live boxing. And I was really disappointed <laughs> Tuesday night. But man, when your fight came on the other night, it just lit the place up. It was just brilliant. It was really great. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No, 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 absolutely. And and what it does is um, you promised it in the build-up. You spoke your truth in the build-up. Um, you promised that it was about uh, your attitude is refreshing as well. Talk to me a little bit about that, that it's 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 very much... The, the, yourself and Buddy very much aligned together, aren't you, on that, about taking chances and opportunities? Yeah, you know, um, I see how what boxing is today, and, and I've seen how it used to be, you know, in the old school days, where, you know, fighters fought, they fought the best, they didn't ask questions, or they didn't, you know, make complaints about who, what, when, and where, and um, I think it's just how I was brought up from my father, and it's just a, it's a blessing that me and Buddy crossed paths, and we happen to you know start training together and i think it's just such a perfect mix and i think we balance each other out and we're on the same page you know he he believes in the old school boxing and i believe in the old school boxing and um you know it's just, it's, a, it's a solid team we got it is it is and it's um it's there's so many different variances to this new scene this, this new style and i said it after the episode the other night first on tuesday night i said it's going to take time it's going to take a bit of tweaking but it it didn't take too much time at all and uh one of the best parts of it, I suppose, and, and the things I wanted to ask you was pre-fight, your ring walk is quick. Um, the teams are practically down to one or two. Is it all confined in the locker room? Is it just what we see on ringside is what you get in the locker room as well? Um, in my locker room, there was me and two other fighters, but the room was very big and spaced out. They had a uh, separate sides of the room, so we had our space. Um, but yeah, each fighter has two people. The max is two people and they supply the cut man to keep the numbers down. But, um, yeah, it's very confined and, you know, very strict to the rules, but, um, you know, we just followed them and that, that's just how, this is how it went. Yeah. And, and one of the things that fans and, and those of us that aren't lucky enough to be ringside for, for the big ones, uh, all the time, what uh, we wouldn't be used to would be hearing what you guys and and I understand as well what what people need to appreciate is that what you guys have there is really what you're used to every day isn't it you're sparring you've got your count you've got your two or three fellas and there's a handful of people but that's it isn't it, it, it it's very much normal to you guys 
Yeah, that's that's kind of the environment of the gym. You know, you 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 your coach and the, the opponent's coach, and you could hear what his coach is saying. You could hear what your coach is saying, and everyone else in the gym is quiet and they're respecting the sparring session and they're just watching. They're they're just looking and seeing how the how the sparring's going. But um, the only difference in the fight is, you know, no headgear, smaller gloves, and we're both in there fighting for for you know for for the next shot and just to move up and better ourselves and better our career and fighting for our families and there's so much more on the line when it comes to a fight and it's kind of weird you know walking out with no audience um for me it took a little little while to get into to, to the rhythm of things but once the shot started flying you know you get you kick in a fight mode very quick i was going to say that it definitely it definitely and and that's what I wanted to get to as well. In uh, eventually would be the the game plan. But you you have that reputation for setting a high tempo, Adam, early on. And Thursday Thursday that reputation you were you were fa- favored going into the fight. Um, th- you took your time to switch in to, to I suppose for your plan to kick in. Th- you switched your shots, but you you were you weren't just it wasn't a nameless first couple of rounds. You you were very much t- feeling them out. It, fa- it seemed like, or was it a case of just you getting to grips with the ho- everything put together at once? Yeah, it kind of threw me off a little bit, but um, when he stepped to me and he started throwing his punches, I said, "Okay, he's this is he's gonna be a long night. He he wants to sit inside, and he wants to bang." So uh, I traded with him a little bit and I landed some body shots and I heard him. I heard the wind come out of him, so I said, "Okay, there's no way he's gonna be able to keep this up. I'm gonna land some good body shots. I'm gonna get out to boxing." But every time I landed a good body shot, I heard him. You know, let let wind out. I could tell it hurt him. But he just kept coming forward and kept coming forward. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to take a different approach with this one because uh, this kid is uh, he's he's built with something else. He's pretty tough. So, and I think it's safe. Like, to, I think it's safe to say Robert Garcia fighters are are they love to come like the bull at the gate. They love to come out and they love to come forward. And um, I and I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of that. If I'm being if if, if I may say so, you, you don't mind that too much either. I think, do you? That's you know that's how I came up. I I learned how to fight just to fight that's how I learned how to start a boxing I would go in there and I would fight I didn't have much fundamentals or 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 technique I mean I still had it naturally I knew how to bounce on my toes and jab and you know make or miss but it was always my first instinct to go in there and you know trade punches and get the best best of it so I always have that in my back in my in my in my toolbox but I know boxing setting up the shots controlling the range using my jab is is what wins the fight with um you know with me in control and taking less damage and that's that's ultimately the goal yeah and and just to to look at the game plan to me again here sitting in the dark in ireland and uh, with a couple of budweiser's and watching it in my own uh, it seemed to me like from what i could guess the game plan and from what i could hear the great man behind you it was it was to get you moving to keep you circling away and to get your shots off but not to not to kind of tie up with them was that what it was yeah, Buddy did not want me on the inside. He said on the inside, that's where he's getting his he's getting the best of it. So uh, he wanted me to you know keep turning him. Every time I turn him, touch him, use my jab, and run him into the right hand. And um, once I when I listened, it worked very well. But um, I saw things in there where I wanted I wanted to hit the body. I wanted to slow him down. But I don't know those those body. He was just walking through everything I hit him with. It was tough, man. But I, yeah. I just I had to listen to my coach and just trust trust him and. And it started working, you know. I started getting in my rhythm. I started running into bigger shots, and I was making a miss. 
it was just a very tough battle. And, and what, what I'm, I'm calling this episode, for anyone that's not familiar and that didn't hear the fight the other night, I'm calling it, uh, if in doubt, stick it out. And that was the one <laughs> we kept hearing that so much during the fight. And it's he's so much more audible during the fight. I love listening to Buddy in the, in the intervals between it, but... And there's so many facets to him. He's an incredible fella, isn't he? He's such a special, special man to have in your corner. Yeah, this is you know, it's definitely what he was born to do was to to train and to be in the sport and to be a fighter and everything about him. You know, it's his it's his life. He dedicated his life to to this sport and he knows so much about it, the ins and outs. And sometimes it's such a simple thing like just using a jab, but you listen and. I believe that's what won me to fight was the jab. Yeah, definitely. After the third round, it seemed to me, there was a, I actually watched it back afterwards and thought it was such a, a noticeable change. It was like all the adjustments were made. Your tight, your circles were getting tighter, the crisp, clean shots. You weren't willing to stand so much. So um, you were boxing on the outside. And from there on, really, it, I won't say it was easy because um, anyone that hasn't seen the champ's face after the fight, it, it, it certainly <laughs> wasn't easy. And it'd be doing Korea a, a very grave disservice to say it was. But... You you just went through the gears from then on, didn't you, Adam? Yeah, you know, I had to I had to step it up. I had to keep stepping it up every round, and uh, I had to test test the young kid, and he he showed up. You know, he put his heart on the line as well. Um, but yeah, my my eyes started closing up on me. I had to just dig deep on it. Uh, I've never I've never had a space this swollen before. Um, Robert Garcia could wrap a, he could wrap a hand man the way he wrapped his hand was just rock hard and I could feel it every time he hit me well I'd be a bit typical cheeky Irish fella and I'll put my tongue on my cheek and I'll say if you weren't the genuine blue nose before the fight you most definitely were afterwards because <laughs> have you celebrated in style have you have you looked out and, and, and gone out and done got a little bit of food and, and looked after yourself um, no I've been in the house but uh, I had my, my mom and my brother come over and uh, we hung out we, you know we made some food and we just enjoyed the day and you know, it's just some good family time, you know, some downtime. Um, you know, we're always so busy, but we all just, you know, put the day aside and just relaxed, ate some good food and enjoyed the day. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it's all about because these times, Adam, um, no matter what corner of the world, no matter what part of society we fit into, we're all affected by, if it's not COVID-19, it's by the despicable carry-on of other people and the way they're going on about it. But before I finish talking about boxing, in general, fights behind closed doors, do you think they're... Each, I know every fighter is different and every fighter has their own ways of dealing with things, but for the most part, is it likely to benefit them or is it is it is it just... Is it so much different for everybody else that it's hard to tell that, that with no fans in the arena and no arena crowds? Um, I think it's really going to see who's who the real fighters are. You know, it's going to separate... Um, the real fighters from from the not real fighters. You know who who stayed in shape during the quarantine when the gyms were closed, when you had to work out by yourself and you had to find motivation at home. Who who really wanted it? You know, um, but the environment itself, um, it's a little weird at first, but then again, it's gonna test you. Who who really wants it? Who's the real fighter? Who who are the real fighters out here? Who's who's gonna go out there and put on a show with or without fans? even though it will be on TV, but, you know, not having that energy in the arena and the fans, either they're going to cheer for you or boo for you, you still got that energy walking out or, you know, after the fight when you win, whatever the case is, you know, who's who's really who really wants it regardless of anything that goes, anything that's happening. Your generation of fighters are leading from the front. An L isn't the end of the world. There was a generation that grew up listening and looking at Floyd and believing that everything was all was lost if that all wasn't there, which to me is a fallacy. It's it, it, it's not realistic, I think, if you're testing yourself all the time against the best. Definitely, you know, um, 
I think uh, the Floyd Mayweather era is finally coming to an end. And, yeah, you, you can't be afraid to lose. You got to go out there and test yourself against the best. And um, a loss a loss don't mean nothing. All, all the great fighters had losses. And, you know, they, they still went down as the greats. Exactly. And and just to back that up as well, we're talking about Taylor, Warrington, were all had, had good build-ups, solid records when they got to those big crunch fights. And it came and and you, Adam. Am I right in saying your your first ten fights, six of your opponents were undefeated? Is that right? Yeah, my first within the first ten fights, I had six undefeated opponents. And there you go. And and you've acquitted yourself well against the likes of Valdez. You you stuck. You got back on the horse the other night, and and you're now the benchmark for fights in the uh, behind closed doors. Um, how how much of a difference does it make, Adam? And how much how reassuring is it to have the likes of Sheer Sports, Rachel, Ken, Lyle, all the guys behind you, and and the healthy contingent of Irish fighters in the stable as well? How much of a <laughs> how much of a help is that for yourself? When when it, no, it's a blessing. It's really a blessing. I know I got a solid team behind me. Um, it's almost like a family. You know, they they all got their their own roles, and we all work together very well. We're all on the same page, and you know, I know I'm protected. I know that uh, they always got my back no matter what. Their their main focus is to take care of their fighters. They're not worried about anything else but to take care of the fighters and make sure that they got what they need every month, that they're they're okay, that they could train, they could focus. And, you know, it's just it takes release off my shoulders when I'm getting ready for a fight. I know if I need something, I can lean on them, and they're always there for me no matter what. I know I just signed with them a few months ago almost coming up on a year now close to almost like half a year but um they they showed me right off the bat that look whatever you need we got you just let us know and we'll we'll do our best to accommodate whatever you need i have to give a big special mention to rachel and ken and lyle and the guys because i know we've got the mckenna's over there we've jason quigley is with the guys and uh we've uh, brett mcginty who's based in manchester but i think there's an affinity always been an affinity there and and it's it's grown and it's great to see because they genuinely care for you guys when you've got big daddy buddy then watching out for you as well there's no better team behind you Definitely. one more thing about the prep for it is what i understand you've done some sparring with um, lomachenko is that correct uh, I boxed with Lomachenko, I think it was two years ago, when he was getting ready to fight Rigondeaux. They uh, they were looking for southpaw work, and um, they asked if I wanted to box with him, but I had to just box him southpaw. So I agreed to it. I went in there, and I did, I did some rounds with him southpaw, and they uh, they asked if I could come back. So I, I helped him out a few times for the camp. And, um, yeah, it was great work, great experience. And and from from a camp point of view as well, Adam, when you're learning from a fella like that, it's probably easier said than done not to be overawed by all of it. But from the minute you go into the, is the atmosphere different when you're around those elite athletes? Is that something that you can learn from yourself? Definitely. You know, you could tell um, how focused him and his team, they're all very focused and they all got a job to do. Everyone's, everyone in there had a had a role. You know, he didn't have, a bunch of people in there playing music, hanging out, cracking jokes. Like there was a handful of people and they're all in there and they all had a role and they're all there to work. And, um, you know, there was, it was strictly business. You could tell, you could feel the tension in there as soon as you walked in. And, um, it, you could just tell that's that top level. That's the top level yeah. that, that if you want to make it to the top, that's, that's how serious you got to take it. That's how serious you got to take the sport and the training and everything about it. And and possibly, no doubt, down the line, would be a future opponent for Blue Nose, Blue Nose Lopez himself as well. That could possibly happen, you know. I mean, eventually I'm going to move up, and uh, that could definitely happen. And it, it's a stacked division, isn't it? That uh, featherweight, where you're at now, there's so many. Um, there's there's the top three or four, and the, the ones that are directly behind them, 
you won't be you be fair to say you'll be moving into that bracket right now as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of fights to be made. There's there's a lot of big names out there. Um, there, you know, it's just a matter of time. You know, I know the boxing side, I know the business of boxing. I know I need to get ranked. I need to get in the top fifteen or the top ten. And I believe uh, after winning the NABF title, I believe I'll be ranked fifteen. So, you know, it's it's coming very close. I think by the end of the year or early next year. I'll, I'll be in the top 10 and I'll be able to take on these big names and start knocking on the door for for a world title. Well, we've got a couple of featherweights here across in Ireland. We've got Mr. Frampton, we've got Mr. Conlon, we've got a few more. So are we likely to see one or two of those down the line? Who knows? Yeah, I would love to. You know, those those are big fights. Those are big names that uh, I think the fans would love to see. I think um, the boxing, I think boxing needs that. I think you guys are you guys are the way forward, Adam, if you don't mind me saying yourself, Michael, all those lads, Shakur, you've all got your different personalities, you've got your own ways of doing it, but um, you live the life, you represent, and you go out and represent the way you did the other night with absolute credit to you and to your team and to your family and everybody else. Before I let you go, I want to touch on, I suppose, life at the moment, society and the way everything is going. America's a scary place at the moment, isn't it? As is everywhere, but... How are you? Have you managed to keep yourself focused and keep yourself isolated from the troubles and everything else? Yeah, you know, um, everything that, that that's been happening around in the streets and uh, the cities and the riots and the protesting, it all kind of started happening in the middle of my training camp. So I, I had to stay away from everything. Um, but yeah, from where I'm at, I'm 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 a good distance away from the city where where all the riots and protests are going down. So I'm okay. I'm safe. But um, it's definitely you know, concerning. Um, it's hard to see, hard to see our people getting uh, hurt yeah. by by the police and everything that's going on. It's it uh, it's concerning. Definitely, we've had our share of uh, bigotry and and religious issues and everything on this island as well. And we we've, we've come through it. And it's it's you believe after the civil rights and everything in the sixties, you thought you really hoped and wished that this was behind us. But it's um all we can do is listen. All you can do is keep yourself and your family safe. And um, enjoy yourself. Well, have you started to recover? Is the heal- have you healed? Is the face healing up? Uh, the swelling is going down a bit, um, but still, still got some ways to go. But uh, I'm definitely feeling a lot better. Um, able to move around and do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. You know, it's recovering fast. I'm just continuing to ice it and um, just take my rest. That's all I could do. Well, if you were feeling it like that, I can only imagine what Lewis Korea must have felt. out. will you be long before you're back in the gym? Uh, I'm gonna take some time off. Um, I think we'll, I'll I might go in next week and just you know say say hello to all the boxing brothers that I got in there. Um, but I probably won't start training for maybe another week or two. Just let my body recover and uh, you know start start very slow and start very light, just break little sweats, and that, that that's all I could do at this time. And he wasn't kidding. Adam was indeed back in the gym for some light shakeout with Buddy. Ronnie, Reckless, Ellis and all the others and the others in the stable on Wednesday less than a week after his fight. Thanks again Adam for your time. Thanks to Rachel and the team for making that possible. Look forward to keeping a close eye on this young man in a division which is going to throw up some very, very interesting fights for Irish fans indeed. Would you like to reduce your monthly bills? Whether it's utility bills such as electricity, gas, TV and broadband or mobile phone, mortgage and various life, home or pet insurance. I choose want to find the best deal for the Irish consumer and make sure you get the best deal every time. Click the link in today's show notes, sign up 
and iTunes will do the rest. In terms of news, before we wrap it up, again, and trying to pick through the rumours and the gossip and the BS and all that that goes, delighted to hear, and even more delighted to announce, that my pal, Kieran Farrell, has announced he will open an Irish branch of his promotion and management company, working exclusively with the Inchicore-based and fellow Mancunian Stephen O'Rourke's gym. I've chatted to Kieran in, me- in text message over the last couple of days and we'll have him and an interview, I promise you, if not for the next episode, the one thereafter. So best of luck to Kieran. Great, great fella. All the fighters love him. All the promoters love working with him. Even Eddie Hearn has some complimentary things to say about him. So you're doing something right, Kieran. Speaking of uh, Mr. Hearn, he did have some newsworthy of reporting this week confirmed that on his fight camp show there will be two Irish fights of note. Former Roy Sheen opponent Jack Cullen will step in as expected with Jason Quigley and British lightweight title fight for Belfast James Tennyson against the Welsh opponent Gavin Gwynn. The dates and all the finalities of that, the dates and all the finer details all to be confirmed and there's also a little bit of gossip and a little bit of Flirting around, I guess, with the idea of Katie fighting Amanda Serrano on that card. Wins for both of those fellas, which have been confirmed, will certainly step them up the ranking and into a closer contention for a seriously big title decider. And we watch and hold on and see what comes and what is confirmed for any other fights, but those are the two that have been confirmed right now. That's about it from me and them until then. Thanks a lot for listening for downloading all the previous episodes for your messages over the last couple of days and weeks stay safe stay well all's well that ends well